Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Parenting Hour. How did I mess up my own title? Anyway, uh, for those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm joined by my friends and colleagues at IWF, Lindsay Fifield and Charlotte Whalen. Again, both with the Independent Women's Forum. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hi, Julie. Hey, Charlotte. Hello. Hello. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about a sort of disturbing new trend that we've seen in the parenting world. Lindsay, you wrote an article for IWF. You can go to IWF.org to check this out. How can we stop the growing hostility to children in society? I have noticed this. I think both of you have noticed this sort of growing trend. And Lindsay, you wrote about it. I'm going to read a little bit from your article, but kind of give us a summary really quickly of what you what you wrote about and what where you see this trend, what, why it started, and some examples of, of this, this, this sort of anti-kid movement. Oh, and I've seen more of it since my piece was published. Uh, it's become such a common trope. There are whole online communities of people who have brought themselves this label of being intentionally child-free, which is, you know, fine if that's the choice that they want to make. Proudly. Um, Yes, proudly child-free. That I don't care about. I can ignore. I don't seek out that content. It's not relevant to my life. If there are people in the world that just want to be child-free, that's fine. But it's the hostility in a lot of this content. It's people who talk about the way that they treat children. Um, And so I really, I loved Matt Walsh recently um, and that was a, a piece that I quoted in um, in that article was Matt Walsh saying the only people that apparently in society that it's OK to just openly discriminate against are children, which is just cuckoo bananas. I mean, as you're as you're reading your intro, Julie, I was like, yes, exactly. How are we supposed to find parenting styles that we can fit our children. And if our children don't feel like they're welcome in the society that they're part of, yeah. how are we ever supposed to prepare our kids to be able to behave in restaurants, behave on airplanes? If they have this hostility, they're not going to want to be part of the society. And I they're think not gonna want, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to want to take your kids out. I mean, yes. socializing them, socializing kids is part. Of, let me read a little bit from the article because I think it's great and it's, it's short. So uh, let me read a little bit. You said a growing number of child free adults in the U S are pushing policies, and societal attitudes that are hostile to the very presence of children and against parental rights. Mm -hmm. Society should welcome and celebrate families. families. So why do families with small children, especially large families, and Charlotte, I'd love you to talk a little bit about this too, face so much hostility nearly everywhere we go. You write, my frequent flyer toddler spends most flights singing songs, playing with toys, and yes, sometimes she's a handful. When she was a baby, most people would smile sweetly at her with understanding eyes as I pace the aisle, rocking and shushing. And then you say, but now as a toddler mom, the hateful glares we get if my girl dares make a peep, sometimes actually making me worry for our safety. You go on to say, the current behavior toward toward people with spirited children or who have large families is unhinged. Don't believe me? Go grocery shopping with a friend who has more than four kids and observe her experience. Count the number of comments she receives. And I this resonated with me so much, Lindsay, as a mom of three boys. And I feel like when you have boys, people are even more like, what are you doing? Um, people would always be like, oh, gosh, are you okay? And you just sort of, it was either sympathy or just like, oh, my God, you're insane. All right. Sorry. Last paragraph. Um, 
you say, as Matt Walsh observed on his show, our culture pretends to be uh, pretends to oppose bigotry. And yet the one group of people that is socially acceptable um, is those who openly despise children. Um, You ask, is this a global problem or an American problem? So we'll we'll get into that a little bit. And before because you really laid out some great examples. And I'm, I was sort of reading little bits and pieces of your article. It goes on and you do actually have some examples. Charlotte, you have, how many kids? You have two. You have one. Two, well, you, one, you have one but almost <laughs> two. Almost uh, two. She, Charlotte's currently pregnant, but. Um, Me but, too. Oh, yeah, yes. Pregnant? Okay. Look at that. I am not. <laughs> I am not. Okay. I'm I'm the non-pregnant person here. So Charlotte, uh, Waylon, you, but you come from a large family and so does your husband, correct? Isn't that correct? You know, yes. We both come from families of four kids. I don't consider that a large family. I know it's funny. A very average family, like medium sized, not small. When you say when you say large, I'm thinking, okay, so more than four kids. Well, it's funny. I I will say, like in some Catholic families in Charlotte, we're both Catholic. Lindsay, I don't know if you're Catholic, but in some Catholic families, it's like, you know, you you start going to Catholic school, you're like, you know, gosh, if I don't have five kids. I'm not a large family. So yes, I know. They're- they want to get those tuition discounts. At the ca- after the fourth yeah. one, they're free. So they just have to keep going, right? right. But, for a but, lot but, of these but Charlotte, for purposes <laughs> of, I think, most average people, you have a fairly large family. You came from a large family and, and so did your husband. And, you know, maybe you've noticed some of this with your own child, just the very presence of even one. Um, do you feel that tension? Do you feel like you're a nuisance sometimes? Do you feel worried about how, what people, if she makes a peep, if, you know, tell me your kind of thoughts on that. I feel like it really varies in what company you're in. So I say generally, we live in the free state of Florida. And I'd say generally, the circles I'm in, the places I'm going, people are pretty friendly to kids. I also have a very well-behaved child. I fully doubt this next child will be as well-behaved. I think she's easy and lowly me to having many more kids, which I probably would have anyways. But that being said, there's definitely, it depends on the circles. I've been places where I've been told I'm not supposed to bring my kid when she was a baby. She was like four months old and I had to fly. And I said, well, I'm coming or, and she's coming or neither of us are coming because I'm not going to leave her at home. It's up to you. You can decide what you want to do. Yeah. But it definitely varies. And I do agree that I was, um, what Lindsay was saying in her article that when you have a baby and you're flying, people are so helpful. They're so kind. They, they want, oh, the baby's crying. Don't worry. It's just their ears. It's just, because I think they recognize that like babies really can't control things, but then they do, they do lose patience with toddlers because toddlers can communicate. They can say more, they can do more. And I think a part of me wonders if it's a combination of my mom is always telling me about the grandparents of her, like her friends who have grandkids they don't enjoy because they're not well-disciplined. And I'm not saying this is not in any way to imply that your child is well-disciplined, Lindsay. She sounds like... Oh, no, she's the best. Right. Yeah. But like, but I do wonder if like there are parents who just totally permissive with their kids and let them get away with everything. And I wonder if that's hurting like general societal use of children. So that was the biggest piece of that was the biggest piece of feedback I actually got. I'm glad that we've that, we're, that you mentioned that because a lot of the feedback that I got to my piece was from child free people who said, "I love well behaved children. I love seeing children that are talkative and and say you know yes ma'am or no ma'am." But it is parents that don't discipline their children or who let them run wild in restaurants and I that I ruin it for temper. the rest of us. 
they do ruin it for rest, the rest of us. And so I do appreciate you saying that because it is important, obviously, for to at least, I think, signal that you're trying to control your toddler. Because, of course, we all know, I think especially for child-free people, they don't understand that you can't control a two-year-old um, all the time and that they're going to have moments, especially if it's they're out of their nap schedule because they're taking a flight to grandma's house, that they're going to have maybe a little bit of a meltdown. And so as long as they can see that you are trying and you're not just on your phone and like ignoring their uh, tormenting others. I think that is what a lot of people care about. And that was a lot of the feedback that I got from people. Also, we should be, be very clear, child-free people, the community of people who call themselves that and who are hostile to children are very different from people who want to have children, who want to get married, who just don't have kids yet, or maybe even have fertility issues. And I want to be really sensitive to that. They're not, those are not child-free people who wear it as a badge of honor and who say they never want to have kids and, and hate children. These, you know, there, there's a whole other class of people who don't have children yet who are lovely to children well, this is, and who are this not is, me. This is perhaps a good er- and I don't want to veer too far off of the subject of this podcast, but I'd love both of your opinions on, and Charlotte, I did not warn you ahead of this, of this. So, you know, if you're not aware of this, it's fine because Lindsay and I can talk all day, but um, you know, there was this Matt Walsh commentary that kind of went viral and he commented on a, a young woman. I think she was in her thirties. All I have to say is Shekshuka. Lindsay, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Charlotte, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So Matt, so there, there was a woman, she goes on TikTok and she's, you know, she's got her phone like right here, right? She's like, she's doing this kind of thing. And she's talking into the phone and she's like, you know, it's 1030 in the morning. She goes, I went to a concert last night. I was out way too late. I drank way too much. Okay. You're starting. And she's like, yeah. and this morning I got up, I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, I have no, she basically was saying like, I have this great life of no responsibilities and I'm going to teach myself how to make shakshuka and watch reruns of friends. And like, it's a great life, but I couldn't help but detect a sense of, you know, cause she said, she even said in the video, you know, when I'm, when I start feeling bad that I'm not where I'm supposed to be, clearly she's talking about, cause she then references, I don't have kids. Clearly she's talking about, you know, I'm mid thirties and I, I'm not married and I don't have kids. And what she was trying to do is find a, a silver lining, but yeah. behind it was deep regret and not necessarily regret, but just a, a longing for yes. those things. I sense that maybe it's cause I'm a chick. Maybe it's I identified with I that. I totally I, identified know? with that. Yeah. I mean, I got married at 26 or uh, 27. Like I was not uh, 28. I was not like mid thirties and, and worrying about that. I really didn't. Cause I had met my husband a couple years earlier. So everything was, I, I mean, I sort of had like the very traditional trajectory of things. So I never actually experienced that feeling, but I can imagine that if she, if you want those things, there is this sense of pain and and panic. And that's what mm-hmm. I sensed in the Shakshuka video. And then he responds in such a, sorry, he responds in no. such a mean, Matt Walsh responds in a super mean way, which really yep. turned me off. And when, when people see Matt Walsh respond that way, it's like, oh, that's how Republican fe- Republicans feel about women who, and again, these are not women who've cho- chosen. This is not, um, who's, who, who's the Chelsea Handler? Is she the comedian who's like, yeah, I'm child free and it's awesome, right? And I chose that. That's not Chelsea Handler. This woman is like, well, this is my circumstances. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, how did it sounds like we all kind of reacted the same? Well, there was a swarm of people also that swarmed her and it validated, you know, she made another video after that saying, whoa, the hatred that I got. And again, the feedback that I got to the piece that I wrote for IWF, a lot of people said they feel attacked and judged by by conservatives and by moms and by people with children because they don't have kids yet. And so their response to that is to be hostile, which it's like, go ahead and attack me. I, I'm a mom. I can take it. You can criticize my parenting style. You can criticize the fact that I'm bringing kids around. Just don't attack my child. Like don't, don't make, you know, scary faces or make my, my child think that they're unsafe. That's not okay. But I do think that there's a lot of this resentment and vitriol bubbling up it, because you know, these, these people who feel judged for not having children, they're, they're coming at it from like a coping mechanism in the same way before I got married and before I had children, I cried every mother's day in church, but, but then I would go to brunch afterwards and I'd see a struggling mom and I make, make a joke to my friends. Oh, glad that's not me. Right. Really? Of course I'm not glad that's not me. And of course right. I'm just saying that right. because it, it protects your heart because it's sad and you, you know, you're sad. And so I, I see a lot of that both sides. And I think we have responded in a very wrong way. So when we're talking about solutions of like, how do we fix this problem? I do not think judging people um, and, and being nasty to them, especially if there's people who are just, they're not married yet <laughs> is not the answer. That's clearly not uh, effective. And we, yeah. again, we opened by quoting Matt Walsh. I opened by saying he's exactly right. He nailed it when he said, you know, the it's, it's cuckoo bananas that we're allowed to be openly hostile and discriminate against children in our society. I'm with you, Matt, but I'm not with you when it comes to being nasty. That's not going to motivate anyone to become a mom I think if anything, her, the, the girl's rant where she said, oh, I can do Cheshuka and sleep in. What we should have responded with is me too. I can still make Cheshuka with a toddler becoming a mother. We need to encourage a culture that tells women just because you become a mom doesn't mean you can't make Cheshuka and you won't be able to ever sleep in again. And you're going to just have to give your life away. Becoming a mother enriches you in ways that you can't even imagine. And it's so wonderful. And I, I want well, that. And also, I want you know, look, to know it's so great. You know, yeah. the other thing is, and I will say, and, and Charlotte, I don't want to hear about your reaction too, but like the other thing that kind of annoys me is that Matt uh, Walsh, and look, I have a total love-hate relationship with him. Like one minute I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, so, uh, you know, what, what frustrated me too is can we talk about the male culture in this country where men are not getting married young, younger? Yeah. And so women are left to sort of like, oh, you, you want to wait until your uh, mid thirties. Okay. Uh, then, you know, and then you're, you may not be able to have children as easily. And so like maybe Matt Walsh should talk to young men in this country. And look, I think there are a lot of men in this country that, you know, are from certain religious traditions that are not going to wait till they're 35, right? They're going to find someone, you know, early on in college or whatever. Charlotte, you got married very young, um, you know. I was and, a month out of college. See? Good and for so, you, girl. Well, and you, you know, you obviously found a man who had a certain, probably grew up in a certain tradition where like, why wait? Right. And, um, yeah. and well, let's have a family for actually getting married. So. Well, and that, you know, that's, that's something maybe you could talk about, but I wish Matt would talk about that a little bit more. You know, there are a lot of really great women who would like to get married, but they can't find men who are willing to get married. Um, and I do think that, that that's a problem. And then you, it leads to shakshuka lady and it leads to resentment. And then it leans, le- it uh, leads to the stink eye. 
of toddlers who from people because for whatever reason but i do i do think all of these things are connected but charlotte let's talk a little bit about like you got married young and you you know obviously found someone and were on this path you're unusual today you're kind oh, of yeah. counterculture um and was that a function of like your families or the your friend group or what what do you see as what why why did that happen you know, I think it's because I found my husband young, honestly. Like, I had a sense that either get married, like, I'd find my husband young and get married young, or I was going to be old. I don't know what old is in my mind. You know, that might have been, like, I'm going to be, you know, late 20s or 30 or something. Like, there were, there were all these different ideas in my head when I was young. And I think part of me thinks it's luck. I think it's God's will, personally, right? But that I met my husband so young that we were able, he has a really stable job. So I could take my time finding a job um, and have like flexibility there. And we didn't have to worry about finances when starting a family. Um, I think that helped a lot. And that kind of took away some barriers that a lot of people face if they're trying, if they're both in like really struggling jobs, they're both really interested in their careers. And I am interested in my career. This is my job. I'm here. Right. Right. But it's, it's a different situation. This is the reality is like my, my being a mother, my marriage, my family is my priority. Yeah. And that's always going to come first. I think that part came from my family. I don't think early marriage. My parents didn't get married young. They didn't meet until I think late 20s. I'm the youngest in my family. I'm the only one who's married. Um, not that my siblings don't want to get married. So like you yeah. were saying, there are people who do want to get married and that they just haven't found the right person. It hasn't happened. And I absolutely think we need to be kind to people and especially like supportive because they can be in so much pain. Well, um, I think also there is just this idea culturally that you get married, you instantly have to have kids. And I look, I take no advice from Mika Brzezinski. Okay, none. Okay. I don't even like the lady. I can't I can't watch Morning Joe. But she does dress she, well. She does dress well. Um I might yeah. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> um uh, but uh but she wrote a book a couple years ago, and I remember I read a review of the book, um, and the reviewer had a really interesting comment that Mika said, okay, you might not be ready for kids. You might be, you know, right out of co- you're out of college, you're 22, 23 years old, and you might not, you might, you know, you and you want to get married, but you're not ready really for a family. She said, just get married. She said, part of the problem is that when women reach a certain age where they want to get, you know, when they want to have a kid, they haven't, they don't even have a boyfriend, Right. And so it's like this sort of, I have to find a boyfriend, then I have to get married, then I have to kid. You know, it's like, it's all crushed. And she's like, and again, like for me, I mean, looking back, I wish I got married earlier and had kids earlier and all this because I'm so tired. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm so tired. But, um, but, but I think what Mika's point is, is like, don't leave it all to at a point where it's, uh, you know, if you find someone like Charlotte, if you find someone and you love them and you want to get married, just get married. And then, you know, you can make those other decisions later. So I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be a culture of encouraging people to take these steps where there's well, so much more these days. That comes back to like marriage as like a cornerstone versus a keystone kind of thing, right? Like it, I think it's like you hear that phrase in conservative circles all the time. And it's the idea like you have, some people are like, you have to build my career first. I graduated college. Now I'm going to do grad school maybe, or I'm going to build my career. And I can't get married until I have all this settled. Whereas it's wonderfully figuring these things out with someone who loves you and supports you. And yes, they're also figuring the same things out, but that's really nice. Like you have a best friend in all of this, this whole journey. And that's really just really amazing. And 
I think that that, I agree that you don't have to have kids right away. Like I, I didn't have kids right away. Exactly. No, I'm right. still really young because I got married really young and I'm on child number two. But that being said, like we didn't have, I think we had my now taller, but I was two years into marriage, I think. Yeah, see, that's, that's so and wonderful. To me, that's not right away. People well, it, also, right it, away. it also takes the stress off of these steps. Mm-hmm. You know, I know someone who is very, is, is much older and I mean, at a point where it's like, she doesn't know if she'll be able to have kids now right? and she's still single. And so that all gets jumbled together into must find someone, must then commit, must then get married, must then have baby. And it's like one big thing. Whereas it's lovely, Charlotte, to think of, you know, getting married young and experiencing that growth as, as a person, and then having the time to think about these decisions rather than it being just this big stressful mess. Um, you know, Lindsay, I, I want to go back a little bit to, you know, I think that we've sort of traced maybe some of the resentment that we see from the kid free, but also the kid longing community. Mm -hmm. So, So I think both, it kind of, it kind of nurtures this sense of, um, you know, I don't have what I want. Um, but right. I do want to talk, we kind of touched on this earlier and I want to go back to this. And this is this idea of the, um, you know, I don't want to say like crappy parent, but, but look, we've all permissive gentle parents. Oh gosh. Gentle oh. parents. Oh God. We can't even <laughs> that's another it. episode. I, that's I it talk so funny though, because I actually wanted to be sort of a, I envision myself and you know what, honestly, Charlotte, you'll, this will resonate with you because I'd read a lot about Pope John Paul and read Mm -hmm. about his deep love for his mother and how she was just this incredibly gentle presence in his life. Now she died when he was very young, but, and they say, they talk about how, you know, that's why he sort of turned to the Virgin Mary for comfort and prayed to the Virgin Mary because he lost his mother and, and, and his mother was such a gentle presence. And his memories of her was that she was so kind and gentle. I keep saying gentle. And then, so, so before I had, I had read about this right before I had kids. I believe I was pregnant with my first when I was reading about this. I was like, that's exactly what I'm going to be like. I'm going to be like Pope John Paul's mother. I'm going to be so gentle. High bar. Within like, <laughs> oh my, I am, I'm a screamer. I scream at my kids all the time. It's terrible, but I, I, I never thought I was going to be either. And I have to confess, and <laughs> I grew up, I grew up in a screaming household and I especially right. wanted to like heal that trauma and say, I'm not going to be that. It comes out of you. And even having a sweet, loving, perfect angel, first child, and my first child's a girl. So she's already just like aces. She's so good. And I find myself snapping and like losing my temper with her. And I'm like, whoa, 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 who is that person? But also like, as I, this is just one, what am I going to be like with two? So I, I think that's something with parenting that it's more convicting of us and like our need to grow in patience and grace and love and our need to be gentle because we, but that doesn't mean permissive. It's actually way easier for me to be a permissive parent and not be disciplined and not say, no, we can't do this right now. Or yes, we have to leave the park now or whatever the case may be and deal with what comes because that builds that resilience in those children, but they also grow in trust for you and they grow in discipline. And I think yeah. that's the hard thing for me is like, I don't want to be a gentle parent but in, in the permissive way, right. but I want to be a gentle parent in that I'm not screaming these things at them. Yeah. I am, I'm well, asking them, come here, put your shoes on. And this is all things that you as, as mothers of young children can try to work on, but the ship has sailed 
And I basically screamed at my kids the whole time. So, you know. But they all turned out great, Julie. Your, your kids are, your kids are I, I fabulous. It, I leave it to them to break the uh, cycle of abuse. But I, I, because uh, I, I failed. But the point is, is I really did have these like fantasies of being, but you're right. Like gent- you can be gentle, even in your discipline without being a permissive parent. And ultimately, but I'm definitely not a permissive parent. And that is one thing. I actually wrote an article a couple of years ago called uh, Be an Apology Parent. And I actually thought, because, and I give this example of, we were on the playground and I heard a kid crying. I heard a kid, a a little boy crying. And I immediately turned to the mom and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what happened? What did my kids do? My kids were down the field, way down the field. So I literally apologized before even seeing if my kids were in the jar. I just assumed it was my children. And honestly, my children, I mean, I know like, but my kids were really, my, my kids were really good, but they were boys and, you know, they're sticks. And sometimes, you know, a stick goes flying. And so I just like assumed, and I talked about how I, in some ways that can be a good, uh, I, I, cause I always was beating myself up, but in some ways I don't think parents apologize enough. I don't think parents yeah. apologize for their children's behaviors enough. I don't think that, you know, and, and, and showing like some contrition for, oh gosh, I don't know why he did this or whatever. So the point is, is I, I have an example here. I, you guys remember this. There, there was a major league baseball pitcher, Anthony Bass. I don't know who he plays for. I don't know. Anyway, he yeah. tweeted about, um, and he was appalled that his five-month pregnant wife oh, this was traveling months. with her five-year-old and her two-year-old daughter. So two very young kids. And she's five months pregnant, which if I recall at five months, you're not actually crippled at that point. It's like, yeah, there can be some discomfort, but you're kind of new and it's kind of a little bit early. Anyway, you know, you guys are more recently pregnant, so maybe I'm wrong, but she apparently there was, and I remember the picture, there was popcorn all over the airplane aisle, all over. It was literally as if the kid had like taken the popcorn thing and just thrown it in the air. And I guess the flight attendant said, can you please pick this up? Right. Because alternatively, the flight attendant had to do it. And just the fact that the flight attendant had to ask is pretty shocking. But anyway, of course he was appalled where I'm like, I would have been on my hands and knees instantly, instantly. If my child had made a mess like that, when we would go to restaurants, if my kid had thrown something, I'd be under the table, making sure all the stuff. was. Oh yeah. When did that stop happening? When I bring parents- a squeegee. Also, top tip for parents, bring a oh. squeegee, put one in your stroller. Um, they're great for cleaning off tables and under tables and everything because it just like gets and You don't all have up. to touch anything. You don't have to touch anything. Um, yes. And I made, I think a little bit of that backlash to him, but yes, appalling was that he was just like maybe an oblivious dad and didn't realize that as moms, we are expected to like, but like, I just innately do that. Yes. I'm never going to leave a mess for someone else. I've worked in retail. I've worked in these positions, but also that's just what you, I've never really seen anyone leave a mess like that. Even in, even in restaurants with a big family or lots of kids, the, the stereotype that we leave these huge messes, maybe that was the boomer generation, but mine certainly, we are like, on top of it. And so for him, you know, sure, if his pregnant wife had been traveling alone without him with two children, if she had even, if she'd been alone and signaled, oh my gosh, I'm five months pregnant. I've got these two kids. I'm trying to pick this up. I guarantee you everyone around her would have offered to help and would have helped her clean it up as long as she signaled that she was doing it. But the fact that she was traveling with her husband, they're still on the plane. It's not like they're going anywhere. What are you doing? Put like turn off right. your podcast, your knees, pick up pick the popcorn. Up the popcorn every this is time. a really simple solution. It's not like you're at the airport terminal and you're about to miss your flight and you're in an airport restaurant and they're asking you to clean up. That's different. You could say, Oh, we've got to catch our flight. Sorry, you know, 
whatever, you're on the plane. You're not going anywhere. And so also, I think in situations yeah, also, like that where he's like defensive of like people are so mean to children or also, so mean to parents. A five-year-old is also right. capable. Oh, of the five-year-old should be doing it. I mean, My two-year-old what, cleans up. What, yeah. the, the three-year-old and the five-year-old should be on their hands and knees cleaning yeah, that, that stuff up. So yeah. I just, so I, again, I think the point you made, one of you made earlier, which was so, so smart. It's like, look, there are a small group of parents that probably aren't doing that great, right? I mean, look, we see it in viral videos. We see it yeah. in viral videos that recently a, a young girl took a metal chair, threw it at her teacher, teacher passed out. I mean, it's like unconscious on the ground. We see incredible violence and disrespect. Also screaming and teachers. I mean, I, I remember once rolling my eyes at a teacher and I had detention for a week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I have trouble controlling my face if you haven't noticed. And that got me in trouble. Affliction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so you think about culturally where our kids are today. It's not good. It's not in a good place. And when that viral video of that flying chair uh, went, was out there, I was like, ultimately, this is a parenting failure because what mm. in the world happened that that girl thought that was even a possibility? I mean, and she was screaming at the teacher prior to that. So, I mean, the whole thing was at what, some point, this little girl got the idea. I shouldn't say little girl. She's a high schooler. This girl got the idea that it's acceptable behavior. Um, so there is something broken. And we mentioned the popcorn. That's, a, that's sort of a mild example. But we really have a problem in this country of lax parenting and leading. And it's, maybe it starts with the popcorn in the aisle. I don't know that my kid would have ever tossed a thing of popcorn in the air. Or not not taking your kids out and teaching them how to behave in society. And so, yes, exactly. Those high schoolers are what happens when you have young children who don't get taken to restaurants because, or they get put on an iPad just to like placate them to keep them quiet while everyone else is enjoying the meal, but they're not taught how to sit at the table and pay attention and enjoy the conversation and, you know, quietly sit quietly and, and eat their dinner. Um, children have to be taught these things. And again, I think in the, at the end of my piece, I did talk about how culturally it is different in other countries than it is in the United States. And that's not totally true because obviously this is a very large, diverse country and there's tons of different family families and parenting styles. And my family, we definitely were taught table manners. We ate every meal at the kitchen table. We didn't go out to eat a lot, but we knew how to behave when we were out because it was like we were practicing at home. And then same, you know, how to behave in school. Even though we were homeschooled, we still knew how to behave because of church and Sunday school and these other opportunities that we had in the natural flow of our lives of this is how you're expected to behave. And if you cannot behave in a way that is that is suitable, we will not go out in public. Yeah. And I think that is now we're seeing the results of a society where kids have not been welcomed or when they have been welcomed, they've been told to just be quiet and like stay Area away and, and don't engage and participate in society. And now we see, you know, I, th- I think that's just part of what, what we see now with the anxiety in, in teens, teens only wanting to exist online, not even wanting to look people in the eye and have a conversation because they're not used to it, but then also not knowing how to behave in school or right. behave in life and, yeah. and, and talk to adults. Yeah. Listen, ladies, this has been a great conversation. I would love to have you back to talk about other sort of cultural issues. Um, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I also find that there aren't enough conservative moms sort of out there talking about these issues. So, um, so I really appreciate it. Um, and again, visit IWF.org to check out Lindsay's article. Let me get the title of it here. Uh, it is, 
Um, How can we stop, stop the growing hostility to children in society? Sorry, I cut you off there. No, I appreciate it. No, that's great. Um, Lindsay um, also um, is writing a lot on parenting um, and other issues over at IWF. So check out her stuff there. And Charlotte also does writing over at IWF.org. So check both of their articles out. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, for having Thanks us. Julie. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you. This uh, podcast has been a production of the Independent Women's Forum. You can send comments and questions to me at julie.gunlock at iwf.org. Please help me out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke.